0: I'm Kim Grounds of dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, where Washington has defeated Cal 59-32 in front of an announced crowd of 69,100. Uh, game ended at 11 o'clock, actually 1059, and uh, totally elapsed time, three hours and 23 minutes. Temperature at kickoff was 58 degrees. We got spit on with a little bit of rain here and there. We got a little bit of... Uh, Got wet a little bit down there, but uh, all in all, just a pretty calm day for football. Uh, I think the days of uh, wearing shorts in Husky Stadium for home games for 2023 are behind them, but... you know, it didn't take long for somebody to set the tone. But look, you know, before I get into that interception of Eddie's, um, we're sitting here about the fifty-yard line up in the visiting coaches' booths, and they've got the LED lights, and uh, Husky Stadium is all purple. So, uh, what did you guys see from yeah. those LEDs on the beginning of the game? Well, yeah,
1: if you look, if you look at the story that I put together of the opening, like the,
0: the tunnel entrance
1: and everything like that, um, the the photo that I used in the front page is exactly the same photo that we use right now because I took it a week ago or two weeks ago after the Tulsa game. So, yeah, it, it was great. Um, I took the whole thing just to make sure people who didn't necessarily get a chance to see it um, were able to watch it on YouTube. And I, I just thought it was really exceptional. Bottom line is it was
0: history, Kim. I mean, it, it, no one no one has ever seen that happen in Husky Stadium before. Well, they've got some work to do on it. First of all, this is the third game in a row where the uh, on the field – on the entrance you can't hear it it gets drowned out they for some reason they don't have the speakers down on the field turned up which is kind of bizarre and compared to what i saw last year at the rose bowl with the led lighting they've got some work to do i'd say on a scale of one to ten if what i saw on the rose bowl was a 10 this is about a two so they've got some work to do on working it out so it's yeah. new I mean, so it, they'll it, figure it out yeah i was gonna say talking to some of the some of the
1: admins you know like at halftime and stuff and asked them is that You know, because they did some dry runs and they did some things to make sure that they had tried to work out as much of the kinks as they could with that, with what they wanted to do pregame. And you know, the bottom line is, like like they were saying, they've got a ton of toys now. They got all sorts of toys to work with now. This is like, this is the very, very, very beginning. I think we all have kind of wish lists of what we would have maybe liked to see as far as a tunnel entrance and things. Maybe like it being all purple like it is now. I think would have been kind of cool. But again, these are all things that they'll work into, and, and hopefully, they'll create some traditions out of it. Two thirty-three,
0: two minutes thirty-three seconds into the first quarter, Eddie Ulafosio with a forty-five-yard um, interception return. Was that more of an interception or more of a reception in a run? Because it sure looked—it was thrown right to him.
2: Well, yeah, it was, it, but it was an interception. He just undercut the route and was right out in the flat. Guy threw it right to him, and and, uh, he he took it
0: home to the house. He looked good. He he was running the ball. I mean, he he juked the guy. He did the swim move. He did the on get-off-of-me move. So it's Mm -hmm. not like he was uh, not running into any traffic down there. But I thought the run after the catch was pretty good.
1: Yeah, No, it was great. I was a little concerned that Zion Tupola-Fatui had jumped offside and they were going to bring it back, and he did it again later in, in, in the – I don't know if it was at the end of the first quarter or later in the second quarter. Um, I think it actually cost him some points, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, was, he, he timed the snap and, and got right after the guy, and, and Ben Finley just threw the ball, and, 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 and
0: Eddie was right on top of it for sure. That interception return was at 12 minutes and uh, 37 seconds left, and then with nine minutes and 12 seconds to go. Romo Dunzi returns a punt. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep, 83 yards, man. Took it at the 17, made one guy miss. Then he splits two guys, and he was off to the races.
0: I think when a coach
1: talks about the next man up, isn't that what they're talking about? Yep. The guy, you know, no Jalen McMillan today in either return game or receiving. Um, You know, (laughs) just... You lose your number two guy, and all of a sudden the guy that backs him up, oh, that's your number one guy, your number one receiver. Oh, who happens to also be a pretty good returner as well, and he goes 83 yards. You guys
0: had the benefit from seeing it from up above, and the replay a couple of times, I couldn't see it very well at field level. What, of the punt return? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, he just um, made one guy miss. (laughs) First guy down missed him. He got into some open field. He split those two guys, just ran right in between them. And then, I, I mean, he really didn't have to do much else. I mean, he just ran the rest of the way. Yeah, he had
1: a couple of blockers in front that obviously helped and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, was a care, a little bit of a caravan for a convoy. Um, the one thing I was kind of remarking to Scott is it, just, you know, we remember when he got recruited and he came to Washington – and there was all this talk about him being a sub 4'4 guy, and he's 6'3", 200 pounds, and all, just this physical freak. And I think we've all known that he's a physical freak. But I think his speed has been a little underplayed because he hasn't necessarily played to his speed all during his entire career at Washington. But when Kalen DeBoer talks game about how he's as fast as he's ever seen him, you have to take him at his word. Because when he's you talk about splitting those defenders, Scott, he split those defenders and was gone. It was like shot out of a cannon. I mean, his. His speed on that on that return was legit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Legit. Yeah, no, it's just uh, that pretty much put Cal behind the eight ball and the game was pretty much in command. I know that Cal went down and scored, but Washington answered right away. But this game was never in doubt. I didn't think so. No, not at all. Well, I mean, how,
1: how can it be when you're 14 to nothing and you literally have not won, run one offensive play in the game? Not one. No, I walked by one of the – um,
0: one of the offensive linemen, I go, sit down. You're not going into the game this quarter. the defense well, is going to get the ball back.
1: I mean, I I mean, how many games have we seen combined, the three of us? Mm. I, and, and you talk about decades and decades of watching games. I don't think any one of us has ever seen a game like this. No. That's why when people look at the final score and they look at the stats and the things like that, they're not even getting like 5% of what this game was because it started out – completely screwy, and I'd kind of almost argue that it never really kind of found its equilibrium. There was so many things that went on in this game that were just
0: weird. I mean, just weird. Yeah, and the f- offense finally got a chance to come out on the field. Jalen McMillan, um, he was announced as a starter. Um, yeah, which was weird. I never saw him nope. on the sidelines. So my, my,
2: my guess is he was a game-time decision. They didn't change, the, and they didn't have time to change the announcement.
0: Yeah, Julius Bulow also did not play, was not suited. He was on the sidelines. Yeah, so boot
2: big boot on. Yeah,
0: so... um We'll see if he makes it back next week, but this is a game against Arizona, which I think they'll probably be 20-point favorites to win that game as well, even though it's on the road. But uh, they sure didn't seem to miss either one of those guys. Not really, no. Who uh, took? It was Catchet who went in for Bulow?
2: Yes, Catchet. Aaron it yeah. yeah. Well, he was at – right. yeah, because Bulow was – was Bulow at right guard? No, he no, was at left no, guard. No, Colepo was at left guard, and Hatchet
1: was at right guard.
2: Yeah, but was Bulow at right guard? Yes.
1: No, Bulow was normally at left guard.
2: That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so Hatchet really – I mean, Hatchet was the first guy in, but Colepo moved over to left guard.
0: Yeah, well, the offensive line sir, seemed to have a good game because I, I asked uh, Kalen DeBoer after the game because we all talked about last year the running game took a little bit to get going, and then Cam Davis emerged as the guy – well, Talapapa. Yeah. Well, yeah, both of and them. And then
2: Cam Davis came in and gave him that second guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see the run game emerge right now a, with Dylan Johnson. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's still still a work in progress. But I mean, when you're throwing the ball like they are, it's hard to. It's like Ryan Grubb said this on Monday when they when they asked when you asked him. If it was tough to call a running play when you're throwing the ball like that, he goes, "Absolutely, it's hard." <laughs> because when we're when we're doing whatever we want, throwing the ball, I mean, it's hard to call a play that's only going to get you five yards. It
1: just reminds me of Keith Gilbertson when they when they played Arizona down here in the '91 season, and they ran like a simple little run play just between the tackles, like four or five plays in a row, scored on it, and he was asked about it after, and his answer was. Well, if they're not going to stop it, why would we change anything? Yeah. I mean, seriously, we're going we're gonna to keep running something until you change something to stop it, and then we'll counter that because that's what the whole game is from a schematic and play calling standpoint is is to try to always be one step ahead of, of what the defense is doing.
0: 30 carries for 140 yards, which is getting them 4.7 yards a carry. Will you take that any game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh,
1: yeah. At one point, they were averaging 10 yards a play. Not just a carry, just a play. Yeah, yeah. They had, at, I think, at halftime it was either like three sixty-nine and thirty-seven plays. They only ran like fifty-some plays in this game. Mm-hmm. They they didn't run very many plays at all. A lot of it started because of the beginning of this game. Beginning of the game, they didn't play. They didn't literally. Cal would have probably said, "If we can keep Michael Penix off the field the first ten minutes of the game, that's a huge success for us." Well, do you consider it a success when you're down fourteen to seven?
0: I don't know. Michael Penix was on again today. He threw an interception. I'm not sure. He looked like he was just trying to make something out of nothing. Um, But he had one interception. But Michael looked good again today. He looked good. He
2: did not look his best. I I thought he was off. I think just like when they played Cal last year, that was his – we were talking about it, and just off the top of our head, I think that was his worst game last year. Oh, Cal? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the only game he didn't throw for 300 yards. So, um, I think Cal just kind of does some things that I don't want to even say it confuses him. It might, it might just frustrate him that he can't get, you know, push the ball down the field more like he wants to do, but. Because uh, there are a couple, Chris and you and I kind of both said it to to ourselves that he didn't make throws that he could have had, yeah. and instead either had to throw it away or it was an incompletion or he threw that one pick. Yeah, and so um, I think it it wasn't a a terrible game for Michael Penix. I mean, when you throw for three hundred and oh, four yards, nineteen touchdowns, nineteen
1: for twenty five, yeah.
2: when, when four but, touchdowns. But think about what we're used to. Oh no, for sure. I, and that's the that's where I'm I'm. I'm putting his benchmark at about 400 yards a game right now and five touchdowns, it seems like.
1: What we clearly learned after what would this be, so 13, so this is after 17 games yeah. of Michael Panics. it's not in his DNA to throttle down, just no. like it's not in Ryan Grubb's DNA to throttle down. So if he sees a guy that he knows is open and it's either Odinzi or, or JP, he's going to probably try to force it in there even if he's got you know easier money down below. And you know because for instance you know he throws the interception like you know the first seven drives of, of the game guys the first seven drives for Washington they scored six out of the seven and the only one they didn't score on was the pick
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean that's about as efficient as it gets really I mean when it comes down to it mm-hmm. and the one and the one drive where they didn't score a touchdown where it was a field goal was the one on the interception second interception well
0: I ask coach if we're getting spoiled do you think we're getting spoiled
1: absolutely. Well, in some ways, for sure. This is the best
2: offense that Washington has ever put on the field.
0: Yeah, but, but you yeah, everybody, know, everybody's got one of those. But uh, you know, another guy who's really emerging, and he's uh, really getting on some scouts' radar because I think Jalen Polk is having a hell of a year. Oh, absolutely is, and I think before the season,
2: most would have said he would have come back for at least one more year because. He's just not going to get the targets. But, I mean, he and Romo Odunze have both, Odunze, sorry, have both, um, uh, you know, caught uh, passes for over 100 yards in all th- all four games. Yep. And Jalen McMillan has had it in two of the f- three that he's played in, right? Yeah. He finished well, yeah, because 97 he's, last week. Right. When he probably would have easily had over 100 because that was only in the first half. Basically.
1: Correct. Yeah, he was three yards away the first half from mm-hmm. getting 100 yards. Yeah, so yeah. – yeah,
2: so, but you know, I I just I, you know Jalen Polk has just emerged as you know. There's some people who say arguably he could he could be the best receiver on this team.
1: And yeah, but here's here's the thing, guys. If you're Jamarcus Shepard, oh I know, you're Is absolutely you're... grinning right now. Oh, no, 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 he... no. He's grinning right now because he knows he has something that he can lord over. Oh, JP, God. tomorrow because. JP led the team in receiving, right, with 127 total yards? 12 targets. 12 targets. Eight receptions. But guess how many yards after the catch he oh, got? Hardly any. Minus two. <laughs> <laughs> Jamarcus Shepard is going gonna, is gonna to have him for lunch tomorrow. Because, and it's not in a bad way. He's gonna chide him like nobody's but business because he had a – JP had a phenomenal game. Him. But it's always like you got my yards and then you got your yards and he's gonna say, You didn't get any of your yards. Those are all my yards. So the thing is, as
2: good as Michael Penix is playing, he's throwing the ball just all over the place yeah. and putting it in great places. These receivers are making I mean, throughout the Tulsa game when they had those few drops, yeah. they are making ridiculous catches. Like
1: the catch the catch with O'Gunzi yeah. over here in the in the in the northeast corner. Yeah. If that throw and catch is about as... I mean, we'll talk about some of the other throws earlier in the year that you guys were like, that's the throw of the year. To me, that was the throw of the year so far, was the one where he throws it into that northeast corner, and it's just going crazy. So it's just one of those things where it's like, um, what, can he, what can these guys do to be better than what they've already shown? Because like I said, first six out of seven drives they score. Their final drive where they scored a touchdown, at least to make it reasonable... That was the first drive of the third quarter, guys. They went up fifty-two to twelve, mm-hmm. and this—it's not like Deboer and those guys were calling off the dogs. They had a fourth fourth down play where they didn't, you know, they didn't do anything. And and Dylan Morris probably has things that he wants to work on as well. But what in the world? What can they do? Yeah, seriously, what well, can they do? Th-
2: think about this, Kim. You weren't up here when they announced this—the forty-five points Washington scored in the first half. That is a program record for Washington in one half, first or second half. Yeah. And, and for Cal, it's the most they've ever surrendered. That's a program record for them, home or away, in one half. And, it, did, and
1: it didn't feel, no. I'm taking it, from, it didn't feel like they were doing anything super extraordinary. No. Like it didn't feel like it was anything completely out of the norm. Because one of the big things is, is that the, the offense did score the first two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So they were only responsible for the other, what, four touchdowns? Yeah. So it's like, okay. You know, I mean, it just. it, it, there are some things that this offense and this team in general continue yep. to amaze in and it's pretty it's pretty cool to see
0: just looking down the stat sheet net yards rushing uh, Cal had 139 net yards rushing at Washington with 104 uh, total of well, uh, no 140 140, 140, 140 yeah. excuse me I was gonna say we, yeah. were, we were surprised net yards that they, passing yeah. net yards passing 363 uh, for Cal and 389 for Washington. Total offense, Cal, I know if Pan's going to go crazy, but a lot of this was in garbage time. 502 yards for Cal, 529 for Washington, and the uh, number of plays run, that's quite the discrepancy. Cal ran 81 plays, Washington with 62. A couple of individual stats to check out. On Cal side, uh, just one that jumps out, it's, uh, Taj Davis, a former mm-hmm. Washington um, wide receiver who transferred down to Cal, had seven targets. He had uh, five receptions for 60 yards, and he had a touchdown pass. Good for Taj. He also Uh, went butt over tea kettle.
1: Yeah, Cam Fab got him pretty good. Uh, Jade Knott,
0: who's a really, really good running back, they mostly held him in check. He had 14 carries for 60 yards. Um, 40 yards. Excuse me, 40 yards. And uh, Isaiah Infonze had uh, six carries for 30 yards. Dylan Johnson. 10 carries for 66 yards, and uh, I thought he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Nixon with only five carries for 39 yards, and those wondering about Tybo Rogers, eight carries for 13 yards. They so kind of held him in check. He also had a really long uh, pass reception, so uh, that was good. Jalen Polk again, uh, 12 targets, eight receptions, 127 yards, uh, and two touchdowns. And Romu Uh five targets, five receptions, 125. <laughs> And two touchdowns. And the third leading receiver was? Uh, Rasheed Williams. Rasheed Williams. Rasheed Williams, but... before we start talking about the defense, I, I have to talk about the penalties. I think that uh, the uh, Cal offensive line led the, led the team in tackles. Because I'm telling you, I, I couldn't understand. Yeah. Did they have one holding call? I don't think so. Not Cal. But Washington did. Oh, I'm, I mean, they were literally tack, tackling uh, mm. Braylon Trice. Yeah. And, I mean, Jalen was just finally throwing his hands up in the air. I mean, what do I got to do to get a flag? J- Jalen? Yeah, they Braylon, 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 Braylon.
1: Trice. Yeah. P- Cal had two penalties called for 10 yards. Washington had nine for
0: 83. Yeah. No, just the uh, the lack of uh, holding calls was really something because, uh, you know, Braylon Trice, he's not got the statistics that you we maybe expect to see so far this year, but um, he's opening it up for everybody else. you are having to pay a lot of attention to him. Well, not just that. He's also um,
2: stopping the run, setting the edge against the run. He's doing a lot of things that people – don't see that that look really good on film.
1: So. I, I was misguided in my belief early that I just assumed that it, since they were calling really clear penalty, I mean really clear holding calls right in front of the, the referees oh, yeah. where Trice was getting double teamed, getting pulled down. I just assumed that, okay, they're just calling this on both ways. They're not going to call. They're going to be real liberal with the holding calls today. They're going to let guys kind of play and figure it out. And then as soon as they called the holding call on Garen Hatchet, I was like, well, That'll that'll tell you what the Pac-12 referees and consistency is all about because you don't say those two things in the same sentence like Mm -hmm. ever. So it's you know it is what it is. I just checked your recorder to make sure you were recording, Chris. Yeah, and it's it records. It's been recording the whole time. We've done that before, haven't we? No, not tonight. (laughs) <laughs> Not so nope. This is what, what Hey, they call me one-take
0: fetters. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Jabbar Muhammad with a nice interception tonight, too. Yeah. Really yeah, good. Had a really nice one. And, and I thought his run back was impressive, too. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's got some
2: punt return and, skills.
1: And I think people need to understand, if we're moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Washington has as many interceptions after four games this year that they had after 13 games in 2022. To me, that's a telltale stat. That shows the improvement that this team has made defensively from year one to year two. I think yeah. that's a
0: big indicator. I got a new nickname for Dominique Campden, who also had an interception. T-bone, because mm-hmm. every time he hits somebody, it's like he's t-boning somebody.
1: And you know what the best part of that? You know what the best part of that play was? First, first of all, Carson Bruner, great pursuit. Yeah. But Ben Finley, he was trying to throw that ball out of bounds, and to be able to pick off a ball that the quarterback <clears throat> is intentionally trying to throw out of bounds. It, I don't know if that should feel extra special, but it, it almost feels like you really steal one when you do that, right? It just yeah. does, It's not like one you should get, because usually when you're throwing it out of bounds, you're really chucking it. But I don't know why he, he thought that he was clear, because Hampton was right there and made a great catch.
0: Dominic Hampton, to me,
1: he looks like he's coming on. He's definitely playing better. Um,
2: he's still not great in coverage, but he's not terrible in coverage. so. Um. I yes. I, I agree with you, Kim. He's, but he's definitely the, playing better. He's the physical presence out there, though.
0: He is. He, he has started to become that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Thaddeus Dixon also had a nice return. I didn't see the face mask, but uh, oh, he it was it was pretty blatant. It was pretty blatant. But he picked it off and ran it all the way back. Yeah. Everybody had to run back to the other end of the field. Well, we were all
1: looking for the stat where Washington had Washington ever had two pick sixes in a game, and I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that because we, we were trying to look it up a little bit and then we just never got that far once we realized that the, the play was going to be called back. But, well, I mean, still, these guys are, you know, we talked about the in, in our pregame this morning, we talked about takers versus takers, right? Washington's guys are known as takers. Cal, their defense, they were known for taking the ball away and stuff. And, yeah, they did have the one pick that Penix threw that he really should never have been, I, I don't know what he was thinking when he threw that. But um, this is really showing that Washington is starting to, I don't know if they've earned the reputation as being a bunch of takers on defense, but they are certainly helping themselves out greatly by getting the ball back for the offense because the offense has shown that if they're getting the ball back, they're going to score.
0: No sacks today. Nope. nope.
1: They, got a,
2: they got enough pressure, though, that forced uh, two bad throws. Yeah.
1: And did Dylan Morris get, Did he get bailed out of a no sack? Did Washington get bailed out of a no sack? Because I don't think they got called for a sack either, even though I think they considered him a runner Uh on the one play that he had. Yeah, the thing
0: about this game, it was just so weird because it was in in control so early.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, again,
0: 52-12 to after the first drive of the third quarter. They had scored on
1: six of their seven possessions. I'm not sure exactly what else you're supposed to do at that point because the guys that are coming in, I hope Washington fans understand not only why they were put in, but what happened when they got put in. Mm-hmm. Those guys need that experience. How are they going to learn? And so there were so many guys. I mean, there were, I think I counted it up. Washington had about like over 70 guys play today, like yeah. 74, 75 guys. Um, all, there were some Washington fans uh, on the board tonight saying that Cal was putting in a lot of guys too. I don't think they put in close to, I think they were right around 59 or 60. So, yeah, just, to me, that's a huge difference. That's an entire
0: lineup right there. Yeah, Plus. some of the freshmen who played Devin Bryant played tonight. Tybo Rogers, of course, uh, played. Uh, Jacob Lane got, Le- got booted. Le- Ron- Leroy, Leroy Bryant played today and mm-hmm. uh, at uh, corner. Uh, Rasheed Williams played. Is this the second game he's played in or first? Uh, this was his first catch tonight, or right. first catch I don't, is. I don't know if it's his second game or not. Uh, Jacob Lane played and got a targeting call. Yeah, good for him. Did he get kicked out of the game? Yes, he did. So he has to miss next week's game. First, no, first, first, half, first half. First half. First half. That's going to be a big loss. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, Zach uh, Zach Canning played. A yeah. Bit yep. Surprised to see him.
1: No, I, he, I was. not played bit, but, but he's played.
0: He played. In fact, I think he got listed as.
1: Michigan State, I think he played, but I'd have to go back and look.
0: Uh, he's kind of surprising when you see Zach Henney. He's, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a good he's a good player. He's a big dude, and then uh, Keith Reynolds also played. Yeah, that
2: surprised me a little bit too, but, you know, I think they just want to get these guys some reps and blow out wins and and let them do what they can do.
1: See, if we had unlimited time with the coaches, I'd ask, why did Rasheed Williams and Keith Reynolds get in the game, but Tayshawn Lyons... Who played last week, but had the had the pop that got picked off? Mm-hmm. Was was that was there was there repercussions for that? Uh, is, there, is that the reason why he didn't play?
0: I, I mean, I I'm curious. You were down on the sidelines before the game, pregame, and uh, recruits uh, update people on the recruits that were here. Scott,
2: yeah, there. Josh Lair was here. Uh, he was the official visitor that was on campus today. Um, and he, he is what? He's a 2024 safety prospect from Texas. Um, I'm trying to think uh, Z- Z- Zadrius Rainey Saleh uh, Bethel linebacker was here 2025 guy um, there's also a, a guy from um, Albuquerque by the name of Mason Posa, Posa who uh, was here um, and he's a tw- another 2025 linebacker um, there was a handful of guys Dylan Hyde an Edge from 2025 who Brandon Huffman on our board even said that he, he, he said if if I had to choose somebody
1: who's close to committing for Washington on twenty twenty five, it'd be Devin High. Is it uh, okay, so it is
0: Devin High, okay. I just wanna make sure. Devon yeah. Hyde. Also Damian Lewis, the starting left guard for the Seattle Seahawks, he's got a little brother. Yeah, Demod Demod Lewis was also here, yeah.
2: He's yeah. a twenty twenty six kid. Yeah. From and Bellevue. He's at Bellevue. He, yeah. He, yeah, he's pretty good size right yeah. now. I've written about him on our mess on the in the blog, so just go
0: check those out. All right. Let's wrap this up. It's late. <laughs> I'm tired. I am tired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all jacked
0: up, and, on and Mountain I, Dew. I, I, eight... feel like the, I feel like so I feel like one of
1: Will Ferrell's kids. I feel like one of Will Ferrell's kids He's
2: just hitting his stride. Jeez. So, oh. I've got an eight I've got an 8-month-old who doesn't care that dad's getting home at uh, Seriously. Two in
0: the I feel
1: like one of Ricky Bobby's kids. Okay, let's go. I'm on. all jacked up on Mountain Dew.
0: Wrap it up, Chris Fetter. I
1: just again, I just think that um you know, 52-12 after the first series of the third quarter, man, this thing was wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And I know that they don't want to treat it like that way. But, again, this is a team in California who held Auburn to 14 points. This is – California's a good football team. And they're going to show people that they're a pretty good football team when it's all said and done. I was really shocked that Ben Finley was the quarterback that started instead of Sam Jackson. I kind of expected it to be the opposite. And I think we saw when Sam Jackson played, again, versus the, the, the reserves – with Washington, but you could see how dangerous he could be at times. So, again, I think there were some challenges that California was going to pose to them. I was really shocked. I know it was only by a yard, but I was really shocked to see that Washington outgained California on the ground. I think that's a real promising development because I, I think I could have bet you any kind of money that California would have outgained Washington on the ground, and that did not happen. So, great development on that. I think DeBoer is confident that that thing's going to continue to develop as Dylan Johnson gets healthier and and kind of really finds his groove. And again, Michael Penix, still a lot of meat on that bone. You know, regardless of of how this thing pans out, man, there's still things that he can get done. And uh, we'll see if Jalen McMillan's ready for for Arizona or not, because DeBoer said he he could be. So, we'll see. Scott. Scott Eklund, wrap it
2: up. Uh, 4-0, uh, 1-0 to start um, conference play. Uh, Washington handled business. I liked seeing the defense get some takeaways, getting their hands on a lot more uh, balls. They, they they really do need to start forcing some, some uh, fumbles, and the coaches have said it's been real disappointing that they haven't gotten any, and so I think that's another focus that they're going to have as well, but um, you know, gotten their hands on a lot of interceptions, and they, they've, uh, they've brought them in and made some plays with them. So, um, good win, uh, good way to start things off. They've got a tough game on the road at, at Arizona, and then uh, you know, come back for a bye, and then the big probably the biggest game I'd say of the last four or five years at home in uh, Oregon. And that could be game one, day. one hell of a
0: game if, if both teams are undefeated. See. Um, also, just, uh, you know, this game was in control from, you know, early, early, early on, the first couple of minutes of the game. They also got through the game unscathed. I don't think anybody was even helped off the field. Mm-hmm. Was Did you see
1: anybody? It was hard to notice who may have gotten banged up. You I saw know. Maurice Himes might be the only guy that, that may have gotten banged up, and I don't know if that was. Something that happened in Michigan State, or if that's something that happened tonight, I don't. He was in street clothes and had his arm in a sling, so. I,
0: I don't remember if he if he warmed
1: up or not. I have to I'd have to go back and look. But
0: it looks like they got through the game unscathed, and uh, you know, with you know. They had a lot of reserves in, and there are definitely some things to work on, which I think is a positive. You know, if they just blown them out and, and had nothing to work on, there's a lot of things that they can work on, a lot of things that they can point out. So I think this is a really good win for a number of reasons, and uh, they can't be complacent with the number of mistakes made. But, boy, when you, you make the number of mistakes that they did today and you still have a blowout win and mm-hmm. the game is in control, take it and run. You know, there's always going to be something to complain about. So... Next week, Arizona down in the down in the desert. So it looks like uh, Arizona State was giving USC all they could handle today, and we always say funny things happen down in the desert. So Arizona barely barely beat Stanford on the road. Yeah, by one point. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to get down in the desert, and then that bye week, and then uh, we get into the teeth of the schedule.
1: Yeah, and yeah, in, in the bye week, not only because of the Oregon game coming up after it. But I just think getting healthy and things like that. I think the bye week is coming at a really good time yep. for this team. Does
0: Oregon have a bye week before? Same time. Same time. Same Same time. Yep. Okay. Wow. Well, that's crazy. So, anyways, for all of us at Dogman.com, again, we're just uh, the stadium's all lit up in purple, so yeah. it, it looks cool up here. So. I can't wait to see what the back of my eyelids look like. Yeah. So, anyways, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go Dogs. <laughs>